Hey everyone, welcome back to What in the Wellness. As you may have noticed, there's been a little bit of a break since the one year episode, and that was our one year celebration. And the reason for that, as you may or may not have figured out, is that I am expecting my first child with my husband, and we are completely overjoyed. Uh, but that also meant that I needed to take some time and reevaluate what I was able to do during pregnancy and during the first, um, at least the first few months uh, with adjusting to a newborn and life as a first time mom. And I'm about to go on maternity leave and I really wanted to highlight and celebrate um, this entire pregnancy, my journey, uh, what I've experienced, notes that I've made, and um, the people that have really been there and helped me along the way as well. And you may or may not have noticed that I actually had several truly incredible professionals um, related to birth and pregnancy and momhood um, throughout the last year of podcast episodes. So I really wanted to bring them all back together in a little maternity series and really just highlight their expertise and what they've really meant to me throughout this journey. Um, and so they're all together with a pelvic floor therapist, the chiropractors that specialize in prenatal postnatal care and infant care, um, doulas, just everything there is to do with this whole experience. Um, and they're just amazing people. And I'm so grateful they've been on the show. So what I wanted to do is bring them all together for a little maternity series and um, highlight those episodes all together so that you can also celebrate with me this special time. And then I will come back next year with my little guy and, um, and we will experience the podcast in a whole new way. I've got some really exciting ideas um, and ways to bring the podcast to you in a different way. I'm super excited about the direction and bringing back what in the wellness in a completely new revamped way that I think will be just a really great journey together. Thank you so much for being here, for tuning in, and I really hope you enjoy this maternity series focused entirely on um, celebrating the journey that is pregnancy and momhood and all the experts that can help you along the way in that journey. So um, enjoy listening and I will see you soon. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of What in the Wellness. As always, I love to hear your feedback, suggestions for new topics, questions that you would like answered, maybe even a guest that you would like to have on, or maybe you'd like to be the guest yourself. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. Please feel free to reach me by email or message. Uh, you guys know where to do that. Now, let's get started for today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to What in the Wellness, a global perspective on integrative health and wellness. I am Ansling Knopf, I am your host today, and with me I am so honored and excited to have Sante Martinez, and she has Holistically Healthy 365 as her business. She is a transformational holistic coach that focuses on self-care. She holds ABS in psychology and holds the following certifications. Certified health coach via Institute of Integrative Nutrition, right? Yes. Certified yoga teacher, 200 hours. She specializes in prenatal and restorative yoga. Certified mama glow doula and a certified steamy chick, vaginal steam facilitator. Sante is a lifelong learner who strives to learn better ways to help women on their self-care journey. 
She's absolutely incredible. She's part of the Augusta Birth Collective um, here in Augusta, Georgia, but I know she's excited to help spread the word and help women all over the place, not just here. Um, she's too big for just Augusta, you guys. She's just too <laughs> awesome. Um, and I'm excited to have her here to talk about a passion topic of hers and honestly one that's mine as well that I'm, I'm really excited to be able to bring her on to share her personal experiences and professional experiences as a doula and bring more awareness to something that's really, really important, which is the Black maternal health crisis. Um, she's got some really wonderful information that she needs to share with us. It's really vitally important. And I'm just going to make sure to move through her questions today um, to get all that information to you guys. We're going to attach the show notes. So if you want those references or more things to read, other ways that you can be a part of advocating and helping, those will all be attached in the show notes. And um, if you're really lucky, I might even be able to bring her back for a part two, depending on you guys's uh, your listener questions that come in and things like that as well. So that's enough for me. I'm going to let Sante take it away from here and tell us a little bit more about herself. Anything I missed? Anything you want people to know? Um, no, actually you got my bio pretty good. You did okay. very well. No, and thank again, <laughs> thank you for having me here. Um, what I would like to add basically is um, what brought me into this wonderful field of being a doula. Um, my own personal experience was uh, 21 years ago when I had my own daughter, my oldest daughter, I should say. Um, and the nurse that was attending to my care was extremely rude. Um, during my stay there. Mind you, I was there for um, almost two weeks. I had um, my daughter at 28 weeks. Um, she was three pounds, four ounces. And um, it was a very traumatizing um, experience that actually changed my whole perspective on being a nurse. Um, but at that time, you know, um, my main focus was my baby and so forth. So I, you know, of course, as a mother, you just move past, um, as we are so taught to be super women. It's in, we, you know, we just move past and keep it moving to the next thing for our babies. So, um, but this particular nurse, um, treated me really, really bad during my hospital experience. And um, to make a long story short, she basically stated that she did not know that I was as old as I was. And she thought that I was just another young black teenager coming in and having a baby. Mm -hmm. um, at, the, at the time, mind you, I was 22 years old. Wow. Um, and I went in and she literally would basically uh, push the needles into my arms, um, hand, just handling me in such a way of, it was actually, as I felt, abuse. Um, as I would look at it now, it would definitely be abuse. Um, and so when my day of discharge, she took forever 
um, and I rolled out to her desk because I was in my wheelchair because it wouldn't allow us to walk. Plus, I still had effects from the anesthesia where I really couldn't just, I was so small. I was so small. So the anesthesia was, <laughs> it took a big effect on me. Um, so I rolled out to her desk and she basically was sitting there um, with my paper sitting next to her, but basically doing like a puzzle. And I was like, what is taking so long? And she said, um, why are you out here? You should be in your room um, waiting for me to discharge you. I was like, but my papers are here and you're doing a puzzle. So what, you know, what is the problem? And so when she finally picked my papers up and she looked at my age and she said, oh my gosh, Miss Carter, which was my maiden name at the time, she was like, I'm so sorry. I had no clue you were this old. I thought you were just another young black teenager coming in um, to have a baby. And I'm, I stopped her and I was like, you know, what difference does that make? Um, whether I was a young teenager or a 20, 20, 20, being 22 years old, the point is your, your care for me was horrible. Um, and at that time I suggested to her that she go back and read her nurse's oath and possibly find another job because it just was not for her. Um, hence my uh, first experience of one, advocating for myself, mm. um, and then two, um, wanting to find a way to help other mothers, other teen mothers, just other mothers in general to not have to deal with that kind of abuse. Right. Yeah. Definitely. So how long was it after that, that you um, moved into that world of, of pursuing? I don't, I'm not sure which came first. Obviously there's, there's a degree in there. There's the nutrition, there's the doula, um, well, you've done um, all the things. So <laughs> I've done a lot of things. I do all the things. All the things. Um, <laughs> at that time, um, I had actually, my intention was to be a, a NICU nurse. Mm -hmm. And after that experience, I knew that the hospital was not where I wanted to be because I could not see myself, one, working alongside other people who treated their patients in such way. Mm -hmm. um, and so I ended up actually doing medical assisting um, and I worked in a OBGYN office. I worked for five OBGYNs within that office. And um, it was absolutely amazing. I loved every bit of it. I loved the journey with the mothers when they come in finding out that they're pregnant and the whole journey all the way through to when the baby is born. Um, and of course, we've had some that had, you know, the babies didn't make it and that stuff, that kind of stuff. And although it was a sad moment, it was still one that was so heartfelt for me to be there with them at those times. Mm. <clears throat> so um, I think after doing that or after going through my own experience that once I found being in the OBGYN office, 
um, I just loved it. It was everything, everything. I loved it. And so um, all of my family members, anybody who had a baby, I was like, I'm there. <laughs> I'll be there. And that was also the time when they were just kind of starting to allow families to be in the actual birthing room with you and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So I was like, I'm there, girl. I'm there. I'm going to be on the side screaming, push, you got this, you know? And so, and that's where I have been ever since on the side of my family members, on the side of some friends, push, you got this, you know, whatever you got to do, you got this. So yeah, that's where I've been. I love that. I love that whole I love the whole journey. Like, it's just, um, I think a lot of people come into that space of helpers and healers and advocates um, from from our own trauma, whatever that may be, and those experiences. And I love that you're here in this space doing doing the work because this is hard work to do um, for a, any amount of time, but especially for a long period of time to continue doing it as long as you have. Um, grateful that you're here and that you are doing such good things um, for the community here in Augusta and then just, just women in general in that whole space and especially um, just women of color in this space as well. That's, like you said, we talked a little bit before we started recording and we said, unfortunately, this, this is something that really hasn't gotten better. Um, if anything, it's gotten worse. And um, so I definitely, I definitely, it's such an important topic um, and it's, unfortunately, this, we have normally a lot of podcast episodes there's a lot of, of positive things and then there definitely are some positive movements like people um, are becoming more aware. There is a lot more light being shed on it. It is becoming um, a, a more championed topic, um, but there's still so much work to be done. So this isn't necessarily one of those like, okay, everyone take a deep breath, stay calm and find the bright spots in, in your day kind of episodes. Right. But these episodes are, equally important to me, if not even more so, because this is that real talk. Like we can't, I can't advocate. I can't support people uh, for wellness and deep health when we have gaping chasms of disparity um, in women's health and especially for women of color, especially within a birth community. Like there's so many layers to this topic and it touches intersectionally on so many different yeah. things. Um, so it's just, it's one of those things we have to talk about and we have to talk about not just being aware, but taking action and what can we do? Um, and I'm really happy you're able to come in and talk about this with us today. Um, so I'm just going to kind of go through your questions that you outlined because you're honestly a much better expert on the topic than I am. So I am, I'm just going to kind of go through that and then ask more questions as we go through and you're answering if I can think of them. Um, so You've, you've shared your personal experience. You obviously have worked with a lot of, a lot of women as well. Um, what, if you were to try and explain it in, in what obviously is gonna be a, a shorter episode than is really probably due this topic, um, what does it even mean to be a black woman in the maternity care system? I guess, specifically speaking about the US since we do have international listeners, this is pretty much US related. Um, for the stats, but although it, there is still issues internationally as well. Right. Um, so we, we're definitely not going to ignore those, but most of our stats, I think, are from specifically the U.S. Yes. But yeah. what does that what does that look like right now? What does that mean? So currently, um, Black mothers are 
three to four times more likely to die from pregnancy or childbirth-related causes wow. than white mothers. Um, and that's roughly two-thirds of maternal deaths in the U.S. Um, that are preventable. So black birthing mothers experience 22 to 25 major pregnancy complications at a rate that is higher than any other race. Um, and to quote the founder of Mama Glow and my mentor, Latham Thomas, um, black women are an endangered species. Um, and that's so disheartening when we hear that, you know. Um, but at this moment in time, it's definitely what we're dealing with. Um, we're facing a structural racism in healthcare, receiving poor quality care or even denied care. And when that happens, a mother dies and a child is left motherless. Mm. Um, the death of a young 39 year old mother by the name of Kira Johnson um, is at the forefront of this crisis and jump started the initiative um, to shed light on the plight of black women in birth. Um, Mrs. Johnson, uh, she passed away April 13th of 2016 after complications from a C-section. Wow. Um, and her husband, Mr. Charles Johnson, um, who is now a single father of two very handsome sons um, due to an extremely negligent doctor and hospital staff at Cedar sinai he is on the front line with us mothers um, fighting for black mothers to be heard. Mm. Uh, he was literally told his wife was not a priority. As he begged and pleaded um, for someone to help her, he advocated for her and was not heard. Wow. Uh, and so because of that, he's advocated for Congress to pass the bill called Preventing Maternal Mort Mortality Act. Um, and he and his wife's story was also portrayed on the TV show, The Resident, which is one of my favorite shows, by the way. Um, <laughs> I didn't know so, that. I just started watching a couple episodes the other day, so I didn't, I didn't know that their story was on there. That's Yeah, they did an actual episode, um, which, again, um, I spoke with Mr. Johnson. Well, he, during one of my doula trainings, he was one of our guests. Um, so we did a video call with him. And to hear it from him, oh my God, I was literally, we were all literally in tears. Um, but to even see it portrayed on national television, um, and for those who may not have known what the story was about, but to see it and know that that's what the storyline was, mm. um, it was actually, you know, heartbreaking all over again. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, even with all of the attention that is being brought to the matter, we're still going unheard and Black mothers are continuously dying in childbirth at a rapid rate. Um, so just like Kara Johnson, uh, these following women, uh, Shamani Gibson, Amber Isaac, Shalisha Washington, um, they have died due, prevent to, due to preventable birthing complications. And more recently, uh, Yolanda Kadima, um, doula, she actually was another doula, um, mm -hmm. a doula and owner of Maternal Roots Birth and Breastfeeding passed away July 27 of 2020. 
um, due to complications from a C-section after birthing her twins. This summer? Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. That's, so this isn't even like, I know when some people hear these, they're like, oh, but that happened back. Like, not that it's ever, <laughs> it's ever okay. But they try to make like sound like, oh, well, we must have made progress because that happened back in 1998 or 2002. But this was this summer. This is a few months ago. Yes. This is still um, happening. Miss um, Kadima's um, death was July. Um, I want to say that uh, the other three ladies were also um, within that time span along those months. Um, wow. during the summer months, but all within 2020, just about. Mm. That's, that is, that, like you said, that's extremely discouraging and horrifying, honestly, to know that it's still happening at this kind of rate. Um, you're describing birth and you're describing not being heard, not getting proper care, negligence. What, what is happening when a black mother is denied proper care in birth? Like, what are the consequences of that? Um, when a black mother is denied um, proper care in birth, she faces preterm labor, infections, gestational diabetes, embolisms, uh, eclampsia, preeclampsia, um, obstetric violence, discrimination, um, not being listened to, not being treated for pain or other symptoms, um, actually undermined for the amount of pain that we're actually having, mm. uh, lack of access to care, uh, poor or traumatic birth experiences that then lead to m mental health issues and ultimately death or even infant death. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, Serena Williams and Beyonce both discussed how um, having some of these issues in their near-death experiences during the birth of their children. Um, so it just shows that it doesn't matter if you are celebrity or not, but that if you are a Black woman, you are more than likely nine times out of ten going to experience some kind of birth trauma with a high possibility of death because we are being ignored and denied proper care. Wow. I have... A question that's not actually listed is one that we were going to cover and it, it may be something that we have to um, to dive into and maybe leave some some references and some notes on just because I didn't actually prepare <laughs> and ask you this question to prepare uh, prepare it for you. Um, where where do you think or where have you have you stu like studied and then and known about what what is the premise of thinking that that black women are somehow in less pain or not speaking in truth from their pain or able to handle it more like where is that even where is that ideology even coming from um so there was during my research and just going through everything there was um i've come across many um articles that stated that there was actually um, during their, during their, what's the word that I'm looking for? During their hospital or during their training, their trainings of being doctors and so forth and nurses, that there is 
actual training stating that we as black people and as black women do not, um, we have a tolerance for pain. And so um, we are not believed when we say, you know, this hurts or I'm in pain. Um, it's like, oh, well, you can, you know, hold out a little longer. You're okay, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, there is actually a video that is going, you can probably pull it up on Facebook, but this young woman, she's in labor. Um, this black woman, the nurse is a Caucasian female, and she's screaming at her, telling her that she's in pain. And the nurse is literally stating to her, oh, it's not that bad. You know, you, you're not in that much pain. Um, and she's begging for medication or something to help. And the nurse is, again, you know, it's not that bad. You know, you're just overreacting. Um, and so, again, here is a young mother who has gone unheard. Here is a traumatic birth experience. Mm -hmm. um, and what we also need to keep in mind is that when the mother is undergoing these traumatic experiences, so is the baby. Right. Um, and so the fear, the anger, the anxiety, um, all of that 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 mother is feeling, so is her unborn baby. Um, and so hence, again, we're back to the traumatic birth experience mentally, as well as physically for the mother, as well as for the baby. Mm. Yeah, which is, we won't even get into the science of like what, what that can do in utero. And then, I mean, what that does to susceptibility for like the babies and the mom as well. But mm -hmm. since you were talking about the baby feeling that as well, like what that does to the baby's immune system, even before it's born, the susceptibility Correct. to autoimmune um, issues and things like that. Like that's it. There's so many things that happen as a result of that. Um, and so, and that's, like I said, that's just talking about what happens to the baby as a result of feeling mom's anguish um, and anxiety and pain, not even what happens to mom and then what happens to the, her entire family unit. Like it, it's a huge right. effect of what happens with that. Um, I'll put in there in notes as well for you guys. I have my own notes. Um, and a lot of that also stems, she's correct in obviously her, her notes about what happens in medical school, but also in just the history of OBGYN as a medical practice and where those roots are. And um, yeah, like where the, that whole ideology stems from started really uh, uh, there um, in a lot of ways, especially as it pertains to birth. So I will link some of those articles for you guys as well. It's a pretty serious thing that people need to understand um, of any color, but especially as you're trying to understand what's happening to black mothers in the birth and maternity care system. Um, so what other issues um, do black mothers face as a result of structural institutionalized racism, particularly within this uh, maternity care system? When a mother's 
when a black mother's pain is ignored and or undermined, um, she not only faces physical health issues, but also mental health issues mm -hmm. due to that birth experience. Um, she's traumatized. Um, she carries, continues to carry that anger. Um, she then becomes depressed. Um, anxiety, postpartum depression, PTSD, um, and postpartum mood disorders. Um, so yeah, they face, we face, they face, we face, <laughs> yeah, they face, we face um, a lot of mental um, as well as physical anxieties within that. And then, I mean, I can imagine too, like if because this is systemic, because this exists within there, not only are we talking about they're being ignored during pregnancy and during birth, but you're talking about postpartum, if they're suffering from, these, these black mothers are suffering from depression, anxiety, postpartum depression, postpartum mood disorders, they're not going to be hurt anymore when they go back yeah, to their exactly. doctor to express these issues that they're having, these mental health issues that they're having. Those aren't going to be any more heard than the girl that's in the hospital screaming in pain, being told it's not that bad. So there's, those issues are gonna be swept under the rug, just like a physical pain and labor issue. I mean, is that most correct? Definitely, most definitely. And um, I know it's not in what we've discussed before as well, but um, my personal opinion is, you know, during that time of giving birth, we are flushed with so many different hormones, like our hormones are rushing um, and to be nurtured during that time versus being, uh, what's the word, I guess, um, just unheard or chastised, I should say, being nurtured versus being chastised during that time, to me, makes a complete difference in your hormones. And I've, I can just about guess that our, you know, many of us that face postpartum depression and anxiety and those kinds of things after childbirth is because those hormones were disrupted in such a way during that experience that, you know, um, versus being nurtured. So I would think that that had a big part, that plays a big part in, you know, who's facing postpartum depression and, you know, when mothers are are feeling sad and blue. Yeah. I mean, and just honestly, earlier, even I was looking at some stats and um, they didn't have it categorized by um, any sort of demographics whatsoever, age or um, race or anything at all. Um, but I mean, the stat was basically one in nine women will have a postpartum depression, a postpartum mood disorder. Um, and I would be, I will try to find those numbers if they, if they exist um, and are correctly reported, um, which they may not be because with the, I, I would venture to say it might even be more um, because I feel like those, those are numbers that are things that are reported. And because of the systemicness nature of this, I, I honestly imagine that at some point there's a generational occurrence where it's like, we're not going to be listened to anyways. So why even go? Why even try? Why right. even go and like report this? It's like when they're not, they're not going to listen to me anyway. Why even go? So I think the numbers would probably be higher if 
this didn't exist like it does, I think there would be more, hopefully people receiving treatment, but also the numbers would be higher that are being reported. Um, because I'm all about action and I would like to personally know and I would like to make it available for people to take action as well that are listeners. Um, what can I specifically white people um, do to improve the care of black mothers in the maternity care system? What, where are the um, actionable things that we can do for, to improve I think the difference? Some of the actionable things that um, white women um, or white people in general can help us black mothers um, by advocating and joining the front lines with us to fight against um, the structural and institutionalized racism, um, allyship, vote and support the black community leaders, candidates that share values of protecting the black community, um, educate yourselves on the health disparities, the inequality and the racism, um, get social support from other um, white people engaging in racial justice actions as well as engage in direct social action, um, racial justice working groups and nonprofit organizations, um, volunteer, organize, fundraise, just get involved um, any way possible. Um, and one of the most important things is listen to black mothers when we say we are hurting, please listen to black mothers. And that's whether during the birth experience or after the birth experience, please just listen to them, listen to us when we say we're hurting. Um, um, as well, uh, do the personal work, check your biases, white privilege, and um, lastly, just believe us. Um, we say something is wrong, believe us. Thank you. That's, that's a lot. And I will just personally say if you're for some reason listening to this um, and you're thinking that's, that's really sad, but that can't be true or well, you know, we want all mothers to live well or all these things. This, you, you have to look at the facts. You have to look at the data. You have to look at the statistics. You have to listen to the people in your life and in your community and understand that this is a real thing and it's still happening. It just happened a few months ago with the moms that were mentioned. It's still happening right now. I guarantee you within just the span of this recording, someone has suffered under this, under this disparity, under this systemic racism has not been heard. Someone is at risk of possibly dying um, because this is a maternal mortality rate. That means black mothers are dying. This doesn't mean they're just feeling like, oh, I just didn't, I just didn't get heard, which is bad enough, but this is a mortality right. rate. Black women are dying because of this. So you have to care. Um, and I can tell you how many times within our social media groups of doulas, um, at least once or twice a month, someone announces, you know, hey, you know, another mother has died. Mm. Um, another mother has died. Another baby is motherless. You know, a baby will never get to be nurtured um, by a mother in the way that they should. Um, and so, and then, like I said, this is at least no less than twice a month. 
that is that is sobering and heartbreaking um i just yeah i really need listeners to listen um please share this episode with friends please take it to heart the seriousness of this and um the action that you can take um what what would you say is is your offering to your community and what advice would you give to to black mothers from from one to another um i know you have some some really great things here so i want to make sure that we share those because your work is so important and and you're just an incredible person and um oh, thank you i make sure everybody knows what you offer and, and what advice that you would share um so as a doula in my community um I offer accountability um being reliable trust relationship building um respect and build on the cultural values of families um no judgment no assumptions um build personal contact with families by home visits and just spending time getting to know them um in their own environments um foster communication with families uh create a warm environment for families and personal responsibility to know my capacity, not overextend myself and being responsible for my own self-care, which is extremely important. Um, as they say, you can't pour from an empty cup and you can't help another mother if you can't help yourself at that time as well. Um, so you're, you're, if, we not take, if we're not taking care of ourselves as doulas, we're adding more weight onto our mothers um at that time more than they can bear as well so um the advice that i would give to black mothers is get a doula <laughs> do it get a doula um why because um we need to ensure secure um ensure and secure the safety and livelihood of yourself and your baby mm. value your doula um because our time um, and effort just show us some respect and value all of that that we give. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of disheartened sometimes when, we, when they ask for pricing and that stuff, but please take into account that those are times that we're taking away from our own families to be with you as well, um, to be there to nurture you, to be there to nurture your baby in it's something that we love to do, but as with anything, we have, you know, compensate for our time, compensate uh, financially or border. You know, many of us are out there with that ability to be able to do that. Um, and there are some of us that are there and out there who will just work with you um, and to be able to get, because it's not just for the money, we okay. are there to actually be there to help you and to help our babies make it safely. Um, and so doulas are for everybody. Uh, want you to release the myth that only the rich white folk have doulas. We are here to help everybody. <laughs> so you can't afford a doula. Um, like I said, many of us provide payment plans, watering systems, um, et cetera, to make ourselves available to you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I think another thing is um, 
we really need to stop normalizing birth trauma. Mm, um, your birthing experience should not be traumatic. So get yourself a doula to help you advocate against bullied behavior in birth. Um, such as myself, when I had my daughter, you know, um, I was bullied, I was abused. Um, but I'm real sassy at the mouth. So <laughs> <laughs> the nurse didn't have a chance. We fought. It was a constant back and forth to where I had to just throw her out eventually. But yes, um, it would have been great to have someone to advocate for me at that time as well, where I didn't have to do it for myself per se in some instances. But um that that postpartum time you know you want the mom to rest and be able to you know especially if she's gone through a c-section or anything else because that alone is traumatic for them um but we want the mother to be able to rest and so that she can be able to take care of herself and her baby i was tired i was yeah. tired like for real, I, I would not go to sleep because I was afraid she was sneaking the room. Oh. Uh, you know, it was just all kinds of things. So I was like, you're like all exhausted. That's physical, yes, mental, emotional, like yes. completely exhausted and still obviously worried about your baby as well because right. she was born so early, you know, and like that's yes. having to having to make sure that your nurse is not going to bully you and or not show up when she's supposed to or anything like that. That should not even be something you have to deal with by yourself. Right, right. And so lastly, I would say, um, as Black mothers, invest in your health. Break the traumatic birth curse. Um, research, ask questions. Um, know that it's okay to change providers, to change your hospitals, to say no if something and or someone is not right for you. Um, so it's time we stop putting our safety and the safety of our, our, our our unborn babies at risk. So invest in your health and say no. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's, and there's such a great community. I mean, like in Augusta and, and then also other places, um, there's, I mean, I'll even, we'll find some links for like where to find doulas in your, in your community. If you aren't in Augusta, um, there's so many different places. There's birthing centers. There's a lot of uh, nonprofit services now that are offering dual services to those that um, might not be able to afford a, like a regular priced doula depending on their community or their situation um, and then like she said a lot of them offer payment plans or, or some sort of bartering system so um, there's there's a way to make it work there's definitely a way to make it work there's someone out there that's the right person for you and there's someone out there to make it work so you can have that advocate and that support um, it's so important, so important to have that. Um, this is something that I, I know people are probably gonna have questions about. Um, there's a lot more to talk about on the topic. I really appreciate you bringing such important information and sharing your personal experience with our listeners today and giving us some solid, solid things that we can do to go ahead and actually start making a difference and start taking action and, um, I also would advise listeners to start talking to people, talk to people that you know, talk to people in your community, 
go look for those doulas, go look for people in your community that are, that are doing the birth work and talk to them specifically about what support they need directly in your community as well. Um, there's obviously work to be done on a national level, but um, your community needs you and your community needs you to take action. Um, and the black mothers in your community need you and the unborn babies need you. So um, there's, yes. there's no action that's gonna be too small to be taken in this fight to, to save the mothers and to save the babies and to save this entire community of people that desperately, desperately need the proper care in the maternal care system. Um, I have so many more things I'd love to discuss and talk about. Um, I'll definitely bring you back. We have way more things that we want to discuss. Um, like she said, she does all the things. Um, she's a doula. She does nutrition. She does yoga. She has teas. Um, she works with so many amazing people and does so many amazing things. So we'll definitely be bringing her back. Please submit any listener questions. Um, and I will also attach on the show notes for you guys. You guys should go and follow her. Um, she does a lot of virtual services as well. Um, if you go to her website, she has that. And um, actually, do you mind listing those, like what you are avail available to do when you're, um, when you're online services? Yeah, most definitely. I'll, um, you want me, I'll send them to you. Okay. You to, I could tell you. you yeah, to? sure. Yeah. Go ahead, go, ahead, go ahead and tell our listeners. <laughs> they need to get with you. They need to go ahead oh, and get that. <laughs> Um, so of course, again, I offer, um, I'm a doula, I offer yoga, I offer um, steaming services, uh, vaginal steaming services, and even with those, um, if you are not close, I do offer the opportunity to be able to help you steam at home. Um, I offer herbal consultations, uh, holistic consultations, and during those, basically, uh, we go over uh, certain things or, you know, have a conversation um, so that I know the correct herbs to be able to utilize for you during your um, steaming sessions. Um, mm, so many things. <laughs> no, there's so many things because I went to your website a few days ago and I was like, she does all this and so much of it's available virtually. What? Um, yes. So excited. So um, you guys can find her. She has her website. She's on social media. I will attach all that in the show notes um, along with the people that she recommends that you go and follow as well. Um, I am just, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm, my soul is happy that I know you and that you're, you're in this space. Um, thank you very much for being here today. And is there any last words or actionable advice you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Um, I think the last piece of advice that I would say and um, as a takeaway is that as women want you all to understand that we all deserve doulas. All women deserve doulas. Um, and there are plenty out here that fit your needs. Um, as doulas, make sure to check yourself, your self-care, your biases and triggers. And that's for black doulas as well as white doulas um, when we are dealing with other people outside of our own culture to make sure to check our biases and any triggers um, and if needed 
you know, recommend them or recommend another doula to them that can help them and nurture them in the way of which they are needed. Excellent advice. Thank you guys so much for being with us and listening today. Thank you, Sante, for being here as well. Um, I will, as always, you guys know where to find me. You can find me in my email, my website, um, Instagram, same with Sante. And I will, um, I will see you guys next time on What in the Wellness. And I wish light and love to all of you on your wellness journey. And we'll see you next time. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening today. If you're interested in being a sponsor or a patron of this podcast to help us develop more resources and get more exciting things out into the world about the global perspective on integrative wellness and health, please feel free to reach out via email or message. And I look forward to seeing you and the new subscribers that you're going to bring to the podcast as we go along on this journey. Thank you so much for being here and I wish you all the best and light and love as you continue throughout your day today.